Thursday, good people. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rolls Ivy. Uh, I do have some some tragic news to, to report this morning because uh, I just got word of this that um, State Representative uh, Quentin Q. Williams uh, was killed last night in a motor vehicle collision on Route 9. Uh, Williams is the Middletown Democrat. He was sworn into office yesterday uh, for his third term and had been appointed to serve as a co-chair of the legislators, legislature's uh, labor committee. He was 39 years old. So um, it appears to have been that uh, he was struck by a vehicle traveling in the wrong direction. So the uh, legislative office building is closed today um, and all committee meetings are canceled. So I just wanted to let people know that and um, sending out prayers to the Williams family um, uh, to let them know of our condolences. So, so I got that news this morning, which is, ah, as I, I'm telling you more and more people are uh, crashing into other people going the wrong way. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. I don't know if people are driving drunk and they just, or they just don't know, or if it's nighttime driving and they can't see or whatever it is. But this seems to be a, a, a little bit more happening more and more. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to share that that bit of news. He's a very young man, very young man. So uh, anyway, uh, and high five to all the folks that got sworn in yesterday. Um, serving uh doing the work of uh uh serving their communities so uh yeah so yeah a bit of sad news this morning to start our day um but you know i always say we can we can uh we can uh, hold space for celebration and hold space for sorrow um you know, and as I as I look at my uh, my uh, my Facebook feed and all the folks that went to the ball last night, um, the governor's ball, um, and had a good time. Um, you know, we we could hold space for for all of that, and at the same time, uh, feel this loss. Feel this loss. Anyway, I just wanted to let y'all know that. Uh, meanwhile, back <laughs> back on Capitol Hill, the foolishness still is still going on. So uh, I guess Kevin McCarthy is one of these cats that just going. He just think I think the strategy is I'm gonna wear them out. <laughs> I I don't know where that's useful. I don't I don't know. I, it's not useful for the road runner. It's not useful. <laughs> it's not useful anywhere. So, uh, but you know, maybe they'll. I don't know. They'll make. They'll make it. Uh, they'll make it. Uh, whatever. But rather than talk about that foolishness, um, uh, you know, today is the funeral for uh, Mr. Willie C. Um, and I think you can attend virtually. I think there's they're um, live streaming it for folks. Um, so Mr. Uh, Willie C uh, owns the Willie C Barbershop on Dixville Avenue and was a pillar in the community. Um, a lovely, 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 lovely man. 
I I used to I brought my sons when they were young to his barbershop. His he he and his son Billy um, ran that great little barbershop right there on Dixville Avenue, and it's an old school barbershop. Like you go in there, and there's all kinds of memorabilia, and it's a very black barbershop. So you got all the black history stuff on the walls, and 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 and, and you know it's a clean shop, and um, and you know, it was just, it was just, it was just, just the right sort of environment that I wanted my sons to have, have the experience of. So, so he passed away on uh, uh, Christmas, Christmas. And, uh, and so when I got the news from his son, uh, I believe we we're running the obituary in the, uh, in the inner city. Um, but uh, the services today, uh, there's a viewing, there was a viewing at 930. So in about 10 minutes, people will be walking in. Uh, and then the celebration. Uh, uh, oh, he was a Mason. So there'll be a Masonic uh, service at 1030. You know, if you've been in an organization uh, such as a Mason or fraternity or sorority, um, they have their their uh, their own ceremonies uh, ahead of the funeral ceremonies. So and then the celebration of life at 11. So um and I know lots of people are going to go because they were so, he was so part of the community, so much a part of, you know, supporting uh, youth. Uh, you know, they sponsored little leagues. They did the block parties. Uh, they were uh, uh, members of the Freddie Fixer um, parade. They put, they even uh, on Freddie Fixer parade day, they even had a cookout in front of the, front of the shop <laughs> so they he's been a pillar in this community for many 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 years and he is i'm telling you already greatly missed i spoke to his uh his uh niece the other day um um just to make sure we had all the right information and if there's anything that we could do um so but uh he he is going to be missed uh, and I, I believe the obituary is up on the New Haven Independent site. Uh, so if people care to uh, attend, they can. Um, and as I said, it's it's going to be live streamed. So if you want to uh, if you want to catch it, uh, that'd be a good idea. Particularly since COVID is rearing its ugly head again, and people are. Um, ma masking are are being asked to mask again, particularly if they are part of the uh, uh, vulnerable populations. So just so you know, um, but so, and there are some folks uh, who probably cannot get to uh, get to uh, Willie C's service uh, today. Um, I mean, he was an older gentleman. And so uh, folks will still want to pay their respects. And uh, I appreciate that uh, that I, I could go be online and see the service. So I'm just saying. Anyway, so yeah, I'm starting the day with all this, all this news, but that's what it is. And this is who we are. And we can uh we can uh we can hold space 
We can hold space, beautiful people. We can hold space. So anyway, uh, that just kind of threw me off a little bit. Not too much, uh, but enough. So anyway, there's still stuff going on. Uh, high five to all the folks that got sworn in yesterday. High five. Now we could do the people's uh we could do the people's work and get on with it and uh just hold space. Hold space. Uh let's see what else is going on. What's going what is going on? Uh there's something going on at Cafe Nine tonight. Um, so that would be fun. If you like jazz, the way I like jazz, live jazz. Let me, let me take a look, see. Who is going to do what and where? Uh, Anru was on at 10.15, which I'm delighted to start the year with Anru. I am delighted. So uh, I am delighted for that. So let me see what's going on at Cafe Nights. I can tell y'all. I know they've got, uh, they've, got, they've got some events. Oh, is that that's not tonight. No. Hmm. They haven't updated their um their page. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's let's see. I don't know what's what's going on. I tell you what, I do like um I first got a taste of Robert Ro Robot Monster when the uh Schubert had their uh New Haven best of New Haven artist, um, which I happily hosted. And uh, and this little little two 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 man band played the best rock music I've heard in a very long time. I mean, they just rocked on out, Robot Monster. So they were at um, they were at Toast. They were at Toast. They were at Cafe Nine on Friday. I had to miss them because I was at a wedding. I was at a wedding. And high five to uh my sorrow Shanette Gadsden who got married like yesterday or the day before. <laughs> I saw the post of her her fiance, her boyfriend proposing. And then the next day there was a wedding. I was like, now that's how you do it. Don't waste no time. Just get it in. And uh so I was very, I was very pleased. She looked very beautiful. She looked so beautiful. I was just like, wow. Nice. So anyway. I, I don't think she listens to me at all, but maybe somebody will tell her I shouted her out. <laughs> I shouted, happy, happy, happy marriage day. <laughs> I guess that's what you say, right? Happy marriage day. Happy marriage day. It was wonderful. The pictures were beautiful. That's the, that's the good thing about social media. You, you could just celebrate. People will post up stuff and you could just celebrate. Oh, what is today? What's today's date? Today is the fifth. So uh I had to um I had to get on the phone with my credit card company because I had another breach of my a different credit card, but another breach. This DoorDash foolishness. I don't know what this is the second one that I've gotten for like nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. So I had to cancel the card and get a new card. Now I gotta go back in and uh, do all the things. I was like, I don't, I don't understand any of that. 
So I had to deal with that. That was my my morning uh my morning lament. And I wasn't gonna wait till I got off air to deal with it. So I started dealing with it before I got on air and got it resolved. Cause I just I can't stand it. So so now I gotta now I gotta go back. They gotta send me a new card and I gotta go back and deal with uh cutting this card up once the new card comes. Yeah, and all that. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things where you gotta you just gotta deal with it. And deal with it, I will. So done. Done, 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 done. So so I don't know. Maybe it's the time of the season where this kind of stuff goes on. But, you know, my credit card company's like, you have to go back to the merchant. I was like, why? I didn't make that, I didn't make that charge, you know. My bank, they had no problem. My credit union was like, okay, we got it. We had to go sign some papers. They reversed it. It was handled. I don't know why this didn't go on the way I needed it to go on. But anyway, uh, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things. But uh, yeah, so, hey, it's one of those things. One of those things. Uh, let me see, what else can I get into this morning uh, that is quite troubling? <laughs> the world is in chaos, and the world is an exciting place to be. So don't 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 take my word for it. You know, I told you I got my my uh, Soros, uh, Soros, my friend uh, Crystal D. Gregory, who is uh, uh, a scholar, and she wrote a book, a book of poetry. And, uh, you know, I, I love poetry. Like, I buy books of poetry. I just bought a book of poetry. Uh, I bought Lucille Clifton's um, uh, book of poetry. And then, oh, let me tell you, Nicholas Dowdall for Christmas gave me uh, his his memoir. Or, I don't know. I I, I don't know. It, well, it's a story of love and madness in an American family. So a story about his family. Uh, um, the crowd sounds happy. So he gave it to me uh, for Christmas, which I thought was really nice, because up until the time of talking to him, I didn't know I didn't know, but he is considered one of America's greatest storytellers. I'm I'm I was very impressed by that. So so I can't wait. On top of on top of the other the other book, the other side of Prospect. Oh God, I have so many books. I don't know when. And you know, I had this idea, this crazy idea of trying to read 60 books because I turned 60. And so I would have to start like now, right? Start now and um, read 60 books in, in a year. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't even know what these impossible, these impossible goals are. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. I mean, I've, I've done 30 books in 29 days. That's because that's all I had to do. There was nothing else to do. <laughs> that was it you know when you're tucked away you know um there's there's not a whole lot you can do when you're there for less than 30 days so so i read I, I'm 30 books 29 days i was like okay thank god they had a library of sorts you know measly as it was there was some halfway decent books so i i read some you know and uh, and pass the time. I mean, what else was I going to do? 
I didn't have a job in there. And I was, you know, it takes 30 days for intake. So I just was on my own and went to church and, you know, read letters for people, wrote letters for people, you know, that kind of thing. It was really a, it was really a time in the country. <laughs> just, just time in the country. So, so yeah, uh, I tell you what, I, I'm still excited that uh, Reverend Barber is coming to New Haven. Like I, I'm just delighted by that. I just hope, I just hope he gets out of the bubble a little bit, and and you know, and and by the bubble I mean like just don't take him to the pizza places, but let him get up in with the community. But I dare say he will find his way into community. I mean, I think it takes a lot to build a whole new something or other center. Um, and so that's going to take some time. I get that. Uh, and he's going to hit the ground running. And we're the same age. <laughs> we are the same age. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been walking every day. I even walked yesterday. I went to, uh, I, I, I made my way to Cannon for dinner. I went at four o'clock. Uh, but they had I got there a little before four, so they hadn't opened yet. So I had my sneakers on because I knew I, I was thinking I was gonna go to the bookstore, the possible futures bookstore, but they're not they're not open their clothes until the 13th. But I didn't realize that. Uh I thought they would be open yesterday because I, I have a book that I need to get. Uh so I anyway, so I drove by and it was dark. And I was like, oh man. So I was like, well, I don't want to cook. So I got to go eat. Oh, I'll go to Cannon. <laughs> that, let me tell you something. And Paul, if you're listening, they have the best French fries, the vegan cheese French fries. Oh, my. I have got to stop eating them because they're the bane of my existence. So anyway, I get there. I get there. I don't know, like, I don't know, 10 minutes before they open. I'm already dressed to walk. So I'm like, all right, let me just take a spin around the block. So I take a, a walk around the whole block. You know, you walk down Dwight up whatever, down whatever, and back around through how and the whole thing. And uh, and so I did I did that. It took me a little longer. You know why? Because all that damn cobblestone and the trees growing up out of the cobblestone lifts the cobblestone. So it's like you're walking in a bowl. <laughs> and it's like four, five, six, seven trees that are growing up out of the sidewalk. So when you walk, you got to you really have to pay attention. You're going to break your neck. What do I call to fix that? Anyway, so I took the walk and uh, and it was a nice walk. And so a uh, nice walk. I think I'm going to try to walk all over this town, uh, like drive somewhere and then walk that neighborhood, like not walk to that neighborhood because I, I couldn't do it. Uh, but I could pull up in the neighborhood and just walk it, which would be really, really nice. And I remember I used to walk City Point like that, which I might, I might go and just pull up and just walk City Point again. Just, you know, whatever. But anyway, so went to Cannon. Ife met me over at Cannon. And we had a lovely little time. Had lots of, you know, some food and drink. And uh, it was nice. So, you know, nice wintry, wintry uh, evening. Not wintry in the sense that it was cold, but it was just like damp and moody outside. And so we had a good time. It was nice. I, I like going there, you know why? Because it's vegan, vegan and vegetarian. And so so I could get stuff and not have to be worried about is this gonna kill me? 
Uh, and then I'm having lunch with my good friend and mentor, uh, Marilyn Ke- Reverend Marilyn Kendricks today. So I'm excited to to talk with her and catch up with her. And then uh, and then I get to work on my uh, uh, my trip to Morocco with my travel agent Erica. So we have that conversation today and start hammering down, you know, points of what we're going to do. I'm excited. It, Morocco is four months away. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, four months. It's four months away. So, uh, so I got to try to get all my ducks in order. Uh, and I told myself I was going to quit running these streets. And so far, January 5th, I'm still in these streets. <sighs> I don't know. Somebody puts up a bat, a bat signal for, for a party, and I just immediately respond. The Yale Access to Law School program um, starts back up on Saturday. And uh, holy cow, I got to get ready for that. I got to put my brain on that. And I will. I have a plan. Oh, I, I have faith in you, Paul. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul's out there looking for uh, unwitting New Haveners for word on the street or unwitting persons for uh word on the street. And, uh, and so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a dreary enough day. So maybe he'll, uh, he'll want to cross somebody. <laughs> I, I I just love the image of, of uh, Paul out there pounding the pavement and looking for folks. And then this little Jewish white man running up on people. Hey, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know if people think he's going to ask them for money or is he pair handling? Like what is, <laughs> what is happening? So, uh, I see you out there, Paul. I, I appreciate you. I'll tell you, I appreciate you. So I, I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that experience would be like. People to run up on you, ask you some questions. You know, I watch it. I watch the TikTok videos where people run up on people and, uh, and people just like, no, 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 no. And then, um, and then they finally talk to somebody and all they wanted to do was give them like a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or some something, right? Something. So anyway. <laughs> yes, there is a second hour guest. There is Anru. Yes, I have a guest. Yes. I do. I have a guest. 1015. So, so if you get somebody before then, then that's fine. You know, we can make it work. 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 Listen, this is a, this is a whole chunk of time. <laughs> it's a whole chunk of time. And we fit a lot of things in. We can. So, you know. Oh, I know. Uh, one of the brothers from Earth, Wind, and Fire passed away too. I, you know, all all my childhood heroes. I can't. <sighs> and you know, there was a whole bunch of brothers. It was like, like a gazillion of them. Um. And uh, uh, 
he's the drummer. And uh uh and it's uh you know it's painful because you know Earth Wind and Fire uh is is my favorite group of all time, right? Like so uh so Fred White uh, passed away. He was, he was young, he was 67 years old. So and I say young because I'm about I'm 60, like I'll be 60. So uh so so Fred White was the brother to Maurice White and Verdine White. There's like a bunch of them. <laughs> so uh uh but you know you still can see everyone fire on tour. And you know, my sister went to see them last week and she was like, I know everyone fire was your thing, but let me tell you something. <laughs> I think it might be her thing now. Because she said it was good. Oh, are they tearing down? Oh, yeah, they are tearing down the Tillian Manor. Or what the kids call it, the castle. <laughs> I forgot. You know, I haven't driven down that side, that side street. Because uh, I used to live right there in the corner of Edgewood and Day. And uh, on top of B's bookstore. And I guess somebody is doing some work in there because I drove by there last night. And uh, and they they were uh, doing some renovations in that brick building. I didn't pay attention to the Antillian behind it. I knew it was um, I knew it was going to be demolished. I just didn't know when. So uh, uh, yeah. So I I didn't, I didn't really know people that lived there. I didn't really know people. I've never been in there. I never been in there as apartments, you know, like I know my daughter Margot had friends there, but I never went in there. But I, I believe they're building some other it's gonna be another apartment thing, I think. You know, uh uh, but yeah, so the kids, the uh, people call it the castle. Yeah, because it was it was like a weird, it was a weird structure, you know. Um so I can't wait to see what it, what it looks like. God knows when when they'll, you know. And I guess people have the right to come back or something to that effect. Uh, I don't know who owns the Antillian, so I don't. I'll, I'll wait for it to show up in the New Haven Independent. <laughs> Since Paul's taking some really great pictures, so I'll, I'll wait to see uh, what 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 the story is in the Independent, and uh, and then go from there. Cause uh, I mean we've got a we've got a lot of apartment complexes coming, you know, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, high five to uh, Russell, who was sworn in. I'm at the independent site now, so he was sworn in. I meant, to, and I need to text his husband and say, "Hey, nice job," uh, and say hi, uh, and then the uh, the piece on. Uh, Officer McKernan, who was our word on the street person yesterday, who I just feel like this is what we want in in policing. Do you know what I mean? Like we want, we want, we want people like that in policing with that sense of humanity and um, and commitment to service. So, and I'm glad other people are saying it too on the on the uh, site. So, and that's a good picture of her in her police car. So. 
You know, they wear they wear a lot of stuff. <laughs> they gotta wear a lot of they gotta wear a lot of stuff. <laughs> they gotta wear a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, so yes, so thank you, uh, Officer McKernan, for your service. Uh, such a good representation of what we want police officers to be. Such a good representation. And uh, we need a, a thousand more like her. Uh, so anyway, uh, what else is going on? Oh, I know. I, I, I don't know why I was more affected by this than I should be. But Harold's downtown was demolished. I bought my prom gown from Harold's. Like my mother insisted that that's where we would go. And I had this big white meringue of a dress for, for my prom. And I, I remember going in there thinking when I was young, I remember thinking it was such a pretty place. And then I went in when it started to deteriorate a little bit. And I was like, oh, it's not very much, not very nice. But they held on as long as they could. And everybody went there, right? You get your tuxedos there. And it was just when I was when I was a kid, it was elegant. It was an elegant little place. So I, I, I don't know why I thought that they would build on top of it and keep the facade. I don't I don't know. <laughs> No one said that to me. I just made it up in my head. So, so when Paul said it was demolished, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit taken aback. So, uh, I was a little bit taken aback. And uh, so we'll see what rises from the ashes. <sighs> so much change. <laughs> So much change in the air. And the city is uh, changing its look as I walk these streets. It's a funny thing. It's a funny thing to see. You know, it feels like it's overnight. It's not, but it feels that way. And I'm going to tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing um, uh, when Concord starts to demolish Dixwell Avenue, when they start that process. Because I grew up knowing this whole, that whole vibe right there, that whole plaza. Like I was a kid running in around those, that plaza, you know? Um, and uh, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to, to hear people remember what that was like when it was new, you know, when it was, when it was brand new. And then what, what they remember about the beginning of the decline of it. I'd be interested in hearing people talk about that. Uh, but that's going to be a dramatic change uh, for uh, that part of Dixwell Avenue and the Dixwell neighborhood. Like it already started with the with the housing complex that still looks damn good. It's it's the it's anchoring that community really nice. And now you've got the 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 Dixwell Q house, the Stetson Library, and the uh the 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 medical center uh, there uh, next to uh, the church, you know, I mean, it's in that plaza right there between the church and the Q house uh, is such a nice, nice idea. Like they could do so much in that plaza and they do, you know, this year, last year uh, was the, uh, the beginning of um uh, uh, market, farmer markets, farmers markets right there, which I think is a good thing. Um, 
and and this is the first year and i think people will come to uh look forward to it over over time you know that people people will appreciate a farmers market um so that community is going to look very very different um so you you already see um the influence that next haven has around the corner on henry street you know and if you can if you start to see I, I I know the city just sold the whole, or did they buy the Monterey block next to the church? You know, I, I wish if I had some money, I, I would put a nightclub right back there, a swanky one with food. You know, I'd put a, a nightclub, a bookstore, and I would, and I would, I wouldn't make it a bookstore that would be in competition. I'd make it some kind of hybrid thing. You know, I would do all that. I'd make it a restaurant, jazz club, bookstore, gift shop kind of thing. And then a gallery, like, because there's a whole block, <laughs> a whole block. And it would just be black is beautiful block, right? So that's what I would do. Or a tea room or a coffee shop or something, something like that. I, I dig that kind of, I dig that kind of stuff. Like I love to have a, a a coffee shop or a tea house on the app, you know, with with chairs outside and tables outside, so I could go sit, drink my coffee, and watch people on the app. I I would do that. See, you see, you see, I like a I like a soft life. <laughs> I I want a soft life, and and that would give me that in that neighborhood, you know, a a a, a tea room. Where you can sit outside or a coffee shop or whatever, tea and coffee. You know, I have an idea. I just don't have any money. And uh, I, I talk about this all the time. Ever since I came back from Jamaica a couple of years ago and uh, took a tour of the uh, the plantation where tea is, uh, coffee is made. Because, you know, that Blue Mountain coffee is the best coffee in the world. It's not me just saying that. I mean, they literally are the best coffee in the in the world. And uh, so ever since I came back, uh, uh, ever since we came back, I I have been thinking about a, a coffee house, you know, you know. Uh, so I've been thinking about a coffee shop and I've been thinking about calling it the Revolutionaries Coffee House. <laughs> You know, because if you know the history of coffee, uh, because tea was king, right? So the world drank tea because it was civilized. Uh, so people who drank coffee um, in those early days of coffee were revolutionaries, you know. And I think because the caffeine hyped people up. <laughs> really? You know, the you know, like, like, you know, sometimes people say alcohol is liquid courage, coffee, same thing. <laughs> same, same thing. You just be, and people will tell you now they, they need the caffeine jolt uh, of coffee. So you can imagine before they was filtering coffee the way we do now, how strong that coffee must have been for it to be called a revolutionary drink. It was a revolutionary, it was revolutionary drink and crazy people, they just thought, you're crazy to be drinking coffee. You gotta be crazy, 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 crazy. So 
So I always thought I would have a, a coffee house, I would say, revolution, not revolutionary, revolutionaries. You know, like the folks who are revolutionaries would come here and drink coffee. You know, that's how that's how I envisioned it. You know, so you'd have coffee and a vegan bake bakery, uh, you know, ser serving my own needs. <laughs> but a vegan, a vegan, um, a vegan bakery. Uh, run by uh, formerly incarcerated people who could then um, own the the bakery after you know working there for a period of time. They own shares in the bakery, and they would have a, a livable wage so that they could raise families. And then I would put uh, uh, a social outpost to it. So if somebody if somebody was newly formerly incarcerated. And they were coming home that if they got a job at the vegan bakery, that they could have somebody to help them maneuver all the things that they need to maneuver beyond a probation officer and whatever other mess they make you jump through. You know, that we'd have our own social worker on site, you know, to help just manage, just manage the folks who help manage the folks' lives in the in the bakery. So that's my that's my vision. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good one. I just said that's that's what I so a revolutionary coffee house and a vegan bakery um in that community. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. And a and a and a gallery and a bookstore. You know, not not like a next haven, but closer to. I and I was thinking, and I, I have this idea um uh, that it would be a, a art gallery since since that since that community is flanked by uh churches that it would be an art church um and that um i i would find a way to marry um religion and art in one space but not like church but not like a gallery but an art gallery church <laughs> uh yeah that's that's my dream <laughs> I kind of like that idea a lot, uh, but I don't have any money. And uh, but let me tell you something: I'm gonna go buy me a, a Mega Millions ticket and see what happens. <laughs> so if I get some money, I could make that happen for myself and and for the community. Like I could literally make that happen. You know, uh, I would do that. I uh, I saw this. Uh, I saw this thing about the bakery. I think they was doing it in DC or was doing it somewhere. And I saw, and I was so impressed how uh, formerly incarcerated people coming out could get a job and have ownership of a business. And so they would be wholly invested in ensuring um, that the businesses run well and successful um, so they could create pensions for themselves and retirement opportunities for themselves, you know, and, and, and do, and make some bread. <laughs> literally and figuratively make some bread um that's i have that dream so uh i don't know i like the idea of that the revolutionary coffee house uh, would be a good uh, i i love to walk into a coffee house and see little black kids and they're running it do you know what i mean just you know baristas and waitresses and you know and a place that to for folks to come and get their coffee and get to get the word of the day do you know what i mean like at any given time, somebody's in there talking about something that's going on. 
that's that's the dream that I have for the for the neighborhood. You know, I feel feel like that's that's what I want to do. See, I want to see that, and then have a cool gallery, um, and have a uh, you know uh, an artist, formerly incarcerated artists, just present their work. And you know, there's uh, formerly incarcerated artists all across the country, um, and they need places to put their work. You know, beyond you know beyond the places where you know, it's a novelty to have a formerly incarcerated person's artwork so they get ooh and ah over it. And they deserve all the accolades, don't get me wrong. But a gallery that is specific for, you know, so that when they're looking for places to put art, that we keep it curated with uh, formerly incarcerated artists of color, you know. And it'd be swanky just like any other gallery. Like it wouldn't be a hole in the wall. It'd be like a really nice gallery. You know, we would encourage them to We'd encourage people to buy the art and the whole thing. So that's my dream. That is my dream. So, oh, Paul, nobody wants to talk to you. Friendly, but no responses. <laughs> that's that's odd though. Because I always find you hating people would want to, people always want to chat, chat you up anyway. You must you gotta get by a bus stop or something. <laughs> so it might be a bus today. I don't know. Might be a bust. I hope not, because I was looking forward to another word on the street today. But you know, the day, the day, the day, it's dreary, it's rainy, it's I don't think it's terribly cold outside. You know, I don't think it's any of that. So you know, I don't think it's cold. So, you know, it's just a day. And uh some days are better than others. Some days are better than others. And uh, some days are better than others. And today is one of those days. Plus, I think there's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of moving parts. So we'll see what happens. I, I give you a lot of credit, Paul BZ. You out there walking them streets. <laughs> I think you need some, some theme music. <laughs> We got to find you a good 70s song. You know, you got to find some good theme music. You know, maybe something from the Afro-Semitic folks. You know, tell them to write you some theme music. We need some good theme music for uh, for this for this segment. Since you out there doing it. You know. Yeah, you need some theme music. Yes. So... Anyway, uh, that's an idea. You know those folks. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I think Paul Bass is connecting. <laughs> good, good morning. morning. Bass. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You got somebody? <laughs> we do. I'd like you to say good morning to Brent Callahan. He's out here taking a breather outside the courthouse, but he's not in trouble. He's at work today. Bass Girls is our host in WNHH. So, Brent, what's the word on the street? What are you up to today? Uh, it's just a regular day at the GA in New Haven, handling a few cases. So what's your first case you got this morning? Uh, a couple of DUIs and a domestic. So how common is that? Are you there every day talking to someone who got caught driving drunk or I'm allegedly? All, I'm at all the different courthouses every day, so it depends. I'm here about once every couple of weeks in New Haven. Only a couple of weeks. Where are you based? I'm based out of Shelton, but I do the whole southern coast, Stanford, New Haven, Barrett, and Waterbury, all the way to London. So what I always notice when I go into court is how quick it is. So you got someone hires Brent. He says, I'm a lot of deep shit, but I got in trouble. 
but it's like you're in and out in like two minutes. What's going to be like this morning? Find out the first person. It should be in and out pretty quick because most of the work gets done before the people get here. You talk to the state at nine, and then when they get here, court opens at ten. So usually, then it's pretty quick. So without giving details of any people or any case, you were in there already this morning. So you take the breather in between. Yeah. And is that the state's attorney you talked to? Yes. And what kind of cases were you discussing this morning with the state's attorney? I had a couple of DUIs and a domestic. And what happened? In the, not people, but like, was one of them driving and allegedly drunk somewhere? Or, yeah. And the domestic was someone got hurt? Well, there was an argument between a couple. And were they, was there violence involved? Or? Not actual violence, more threat. Yeah, worse. And so when you met with the DA, I know they got so many, state's attorney has so many cases. So how much time do you get when you talk to them this morning? Depends on the case. They'll talk to you for as long as necessary. But yeah, they try to move things along. And they're also looking to see if you could settle, right? Like yeah. not have to go with a plea. Did you stay? So of the three this morning, did you get plea deals? Did you get continuances? Well, they were all early in the process of continuances. It was about getting discovery today, the evidence of the state. Okay. So, so if, again, without talking about names of people, talking about the first one, it was DUI. Where was this person allegedly driving drunk? It was, um, I believe, West Haven. At night? Yes. And so, like, this is the first day you're in court in this case? Yeah. And why did they call you? Do they see how did they find out about you? I think through our firm, through online, it's a large firm. They get a lot of intakes and stuff. I believe it's through the internet, word of mouth, things like that. So you went in, you said, okay, my guy, they said, was driving drunk West Haven at night. What did the, what did the state's attorney say? Well, all I said was I need discovery on this case. And they said, okay. And they gave me the discovery and then they gave me another date. So the discovery meaning the evidence they have. Yes. So it's just like whether he took a breathalyzer. So you got it. So nothing got resolved. And is your guy's not here today? No. So why isn't he here? Because you knew it wasn't going to be... So I told him he could leave because they're not calling the case before the judge. Oh, so he came in with you? Yeah. Was he nervous? Oh, yeah. We're always nervous. I'd be nervous if I had to get to you if I was like... Me too, yeah. So what did you tell him to make him less nervous? I just told him that, you know, we'll handle it. We'll get the best resolution possible for him. Things like that. Is he facing possible prison? No. No. The first offense? Yeah. And what... Do you think psychologically about what you need to do with your clients so that they're not freaking out or reassured? Or maybe I'm wrong about that. Like, what goes through your mind when you're walking in with them this morning? Well, you talk to them beforehand, so you try to assuage their fears then. And then when you get here, if they're still nervous, you just talk to them. You know, just talk to them like a regular person. Calm so tell me about this guy. Well, he was fine. He wasn't particularly nervous. He was, you know, just regular. I told him, you know, don't worry. We'll handle this. Everything will be all right. And you had three. Did you meet them all three at once? Well, I all the same day, but not at the same exact time. But I mean, when you had to go into court to talk about all three of their cases. Yeah. Were they all here this morning? Yeah. And they're all gone? Yeah. Second DUI, was that also a first case? Yes. Well, they were all first cases. And you just I... got the discovery. How's yeah. the discovery look? They got them dead to rights? Yeah. I need time to really look at it, but we'll find something. In general, what do you find? Can you usually find something that uh, makes it seem like they're not as good a case as they think? It's really case by case. Sometimes there's not much. Sometimes there's a lot to work with. Tell me about your favorite case on the DUI, something you found on Discovery. Oh, that's a tough one. Okay, or one of them. Not, uh, tell me a case you'll never forget. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. So the third case was domestic violence. Was it a man and a woman? Yes. And who was your client? A man. And is he, what's he accused? That he's doing charged? So this is a little more serious, right? So what um what did they find out again? Discovery and they, they got discovery, and, yeah. So you don't have to look at it today. Yeah, it so so you'll be going in at 1015. You're gonna have to wait your time to get called up before the judge. Is it courtroom uh, five A or which one? Um depends. I'm in a few. There's courtroom F and courtroom B and courtroom A. Oh, so you have to go up and down. How do you know? Now here's another thing. You got so many cases going so fast. How do you know you're gonna be in the right place at the right time? They'll wait for you if they know you're in multiple courtrooms. How do they know? When you when you talk to them, you say, All right, I gotta go to court F now. I'm like, okay. And then when you come back in. 
and they see you, then they'll call your cases. It's so many people, it's almost like Kim style justice in there sometimes. It's hard for the lay person to understand. Yeah, and they get used to if you're a lawyer and you go in all the time, so they recognize, you know, you're, oh, he's back, you know, they grab your file of cases. So you're going to go to A, C, and F today. Yeah. A and C are on the first floor. So B. Oh, A, B, B. It. A and B are on the first floor, yeah, and F's on the third. Third, so do you take the elevator or stairs? Stairs. So you, you run up. <laughs> and how long do you think it'll all take? I'll probably be out close to noon, 11.30. And where do you go in the afternoon? The office. Okay, where and Shelton? Yep, Ruane Attorneys. Excuse me? Ruane Attorneys. R O. That's the firm. R O U A N E. R U A N E. Is this fun? Yeah. Yeah. Is that like where you always wanted to be? Just think I want to be a lawyer and a girl? Well, not when I was a kid, I wanted to play in the NFL or something, you know, but it worked. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, you're still going up and down the stairs. Yeah. And you won't get as hurt. No, no, no brain injuries here. Yeah. And how long have you been doing this? Two years. Two years. And what have you learned those two years? Like when you went in this morning, is there something you knew that you didn't know two years ago that would kind of help your client? Oh, everything. Yeah. You, when you get out of law school, you learn all, all the practical stuff on the job. Where'd you go? I went to UMass. So tell me something practical you do today that you didn't know two years ago. Well, how to get around the courthouse, how to get into the courtroom before they open it for the general public, the side doors you use, all little tricks like that, you know? And do you have to, they let you in. How do you get, how do you get in the side door? They know if you're an attorney and they let you in. So there's someone standing there. Usually, sometimes it's just open, but yeah. And was there a first time where you didn't know that? Oh, yeah. Like, tell me the first time you came here. I stood in the hallway forever until they were like, oh, you're an attorney? Come this way, you know? And was court started yet or no? It, it was getting close to. I don't think it started yet. And do you think the system works? Do you think your clients, not, we don't have their names. Are they getting a good deal? Are their cases heard right? Are they heard promptly? By and large, it's fair. There's times where it's not. It really helps to have a lawyer. It's, you, you see most of the biggest problems is people either have a bad lawyer or no lawyer at all. And how about the prosecutors? Are they different with the lawyers than with the citizens? Depends on the prosecutors. Say. Some are better than others. It really depends. Mm -hmm. And where are you going for lunch today? No idea yet. Or where'd you go for breakfast? Home. Oh, okay. And where's home? Orange. Orange. Babs, you got any questions for attorney here? Did you? Did, so what kind of law do you prefer? Do you prefer this kind of uh, lawyering or is there some other uh, field of lawyering that you want to do? I prefer criminal. For criminal. Yeah, I've What's done some other stuff, real estate and things like that. I like criminal the best. What do you like about criminal? The people you get to meet. It's interesting. You're moving around. You're going to different courthouses. You know. What's the chances that any of these fees are going to get to a trial? Highly unlikely, unless they really don't want the state's offer. And what's the state offer you think going to be? Which I they haven't given an offer yet, but usually most cases don't go to trial. Overwhelming majority gets settled. Do you like trial? Yeah, I'll be done. I'm up for the for the challenge. What what kind of FL player did you want to be? What team or what position? Like a Troy Palomalo, Steelers. And what, what, what did you play high school? Yeah. What, what position? Uh, tight ends, DN, things like that. At our at uh, Amity. Yep. All right. And uh, Babs, any other questions? No, I appreciate well, your, your work you out about there. The player right now is flinging a life in uh, the Pittsburgh guy. He was it's tragedy. You know, I hope hope it all works out for him and his family. All right. Any other thoughts, Babs? Before we let no, you go? thank you so much. Well, here on Elm Street, uh, this is the Word on the Street, 98th edition to date on WNHH New Haven's oh. home for community radio. Have a good hey, day. Man. All right, so we're going to take a break. I'll be back uh, with our group to get us right for the new year. So uh, y'all know what we do. Come back at 10, uh, 15. Look for the links. I'll see y'all later. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM.
streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
Babs Love Talk, the second hour. I'm delighted because I get to kick off the new year with Anru. Happy New Year! Happy, happy new year. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. How are you doing this morning? Listen, every day above ground is a damn good day. <laughs> it's, it's the best way to start the day. <laughs> the best way to start. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. 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 Ooh. All right. So, what are you gonna bring me for the new year? Well, let's let's do a little honoring of our where we come from, all our peoples, and then there's a 
little thing I'll share and then we'll take it from there. Okay. All right. So again, this is for our, uh, a recognition and an honoring of our ancestors, um, thanking them for what they have left for us. And then as we thank them for that, we are also stating and claiming that we are using what they left for us. That's good. That's how I just want to start my year. Yes. Yes. Right. So I was sitting in the woods yesterday, as I can often happen, as I often do. <clears throat> and I was uh, talking to a friend, and it's a good friend of mine, and we have um, kind of weekly conversations just around um, where we're at in our lives and our like healing processes. It's a good friend. We connect around that. And we started off our time together just with some silence. And um, earlier in the day, I had been um, looking at some things um, that some of my colleagues are doing. Um, I'll just I'll just keep that part short. And but what it brought up before I had this phone call, before I was out in the woods, is all of these shoulds, like all the like, oh, Ooh. I should really be doing this. Oh, if I was really, you know who I am and what I'm saying from walking my talk, then I would be doing this or like, um, you know, the shoulds have this other component of the kind of not enoughs, right? That they kind of, they, they go hand in hand, so to speak. And so I've been like all wrapped up in that kind of before this conversation. And so in this, when I was in the woods, this, that like the repetition of that kind of narrative kind of arose and what was powerful and what was different um, is that I was able to simultaneously be in that place. So for me, being in the woods and being in nature um, keeps me connected to things larger than me. Connects me to the divine, connects me to my ancestors, connects me to like the, the largeness of life. Um, and it, it's a place that I can kind of bring 
either intentionally or unintentionally the 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 struggles the particular struggles that i'm in and then kind of bring that into a larger context like oh how does you know how does my worry about this thing what does it do in the face of this expansiveness of like life and purpose not necessarily like the figuring out of it but just putting it in the in the context of that kind of larger vision mm-hmm. and so what was powerful for me in that moment is that i could simultaneously be present and being in the woods um, for me, you know, those questions just don't arise. Like they may come up, but it's like, oh yeah, that's not important. Like that's actually not important for me to worry about. That's not important for me to like feel a certain way about. And it's not an intellectual thing. It's a real feeling shift that happens. Like, oh, the thing that sticks is just like, oh, that's just irrelevant actually. Like that's a, that's a narrative, right? That's an old thing. It's an old hook. And so what was powerful in this moment was I could actually be with the narrative of that hook of the shoulds, oh, you're not good enough. If you're really the thing or whatever, you should be doing all these things, you're training, you're learning, uh, right? Mm. And so I, I could feel that narrative while I wasn't pulled into it. And the thing that happened is I actually just started crying. So like my, I could feel in that moment, like my, my eye like welling up and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I just kind of stayed with being present in between, like simultaneously in a place of feeling really uh, held. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually have to have things figured out while the narrative played. And I could kind of feel how deep that narrative um, both kind of came, felt like it came from outside of me, but was definitely hooked into some inner things. And then the eye kept welling up and then the little tear formed and I just ran down my face and I was like, oh, and I think for the, I think for the first time I could feel sad about how deep that hook was. I wasn't sad about the hook, like I'm really not the thing and no, I really need, to. it was like, oh, just this like love and compassion that even I had for myself, that that hook like is so quick and so easy when I'm not grounded, you know, when I'm not oriented to the largeness and the mystery of also what this life is. Um, and it really stayed with me. I mean, it stays with me today. And even as I was telling my wife about it later in the day, like I, the sadness arose again, like, oh, it's like, it's just heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking. I could feel heartbreak at how deep that was in me, that hook, how easy it is. Oh, and I turn a little bit and I look at a thing and it's like, oh, see? No, no, look what they're doing. Oh, you should be doing that. And I was like, oh, it pulled so quick. And and I could just feel compassion and sadness about how deep that is. And so, you know, it's not a done thing, but I wanted to, I think, one, it's it's just a powerful thing that I just experienced literally yesterday. And I wanted to share that. But also actually in this, you know, the last conversation we had was also about like, oh, New Year's resolutions and like, how do we orient and what are the things about growth in our lives and the, the shoulds, right, that really show up. Like in order for me to live the most authentic life for the whole life, for the glorious life, for the fabulous life, oh, well, I should be doing these things. Or like, well, how are they doing? Am I measuring up? Am I not measuring up? And how confusing that can be. Um, and for me in this practice, there are ways of, starting to disentangle myself from the, I think, immediate acceptance of that narrative 
right? It's so easy to just slide in that direction. Um, so I just wanted to start us off there and we'll see. I, I love the way that, uh, I love the way that you immediately noticed what was happening, that you didn't allow it to carry you further. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause we could easily start talking ourselves into giving the shoots some validation. <laughs> well, maybe I should. Well, I should. Maybe I should be. <laughs> yeah. Or or really, really fighting it. Like, they're like, no, you're not. I'm. And it was. It was actually a place of being present. And that's, so to me, that's also what my, this practice is really important for me in terms of being present. Because if we're not actually present, you know, think about not being present and driving a car. Right. Yeah. You need to be present. Like drunk driving. <laughs> yeah. You need to, it just regularly, like, is the person crossing the street? You need to be present to notice the person crossing the street. Is the light red or green? Is it a stop sign? And when we're not present, right? Sometimes we, not even about getting an accident, but if we're not present, right, we're kind of in our, the routine of our mind. I don't know if you've experienced this, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a route that I would always drive. And if I'm not thinking, I start going that way. You know, if I'm trying to go somewhere else that way, yeah. yes. like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not going there this right so that's but in that moment we're not present about the decisions we make yeah and so in that moment in the woods i could be present with that oh, that narrative is like oh all right let me sit with it let me just feel it let me not get lost in it right not just kind of get lost in the story of what i should do about this story even but like oh and i was surprised i mean there wasn't like this intention out of like i'm gonna go and and be present and allow the feelings to come up and i'll just let the tears come. Like there was none of that. It was, it was like, oh, look what's happening. Let me, let me be with what's, what's happening. Yes. And I, and I think there's an importance too about whatever that narrative is, where is it coming from? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, is, is, uh, uh, is it coming from a place that is helpful or is it coming from a place that has no real practical <laughs> you know what i mean like it's coming from a different place of not not really uh aligned with where you are it's just oh I, there's this narrative i'm gonna push this narrative somebody's pushing this narrative that you caught wind of and you're like oh and i think the fact that you could sit and notice it because i think it's important to notice where is that coming from mm -hmm. like what is that mm -hmm. well and it's hard because you know there's there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of shoulds about productivity about gaining accolades oh. about like i'm gonna rise to the top i'm gonna be the shining bright and do all the get all the likes and do all the things and <laughs> get my bank and all right and like you're saying if i don't notice if we can't notice what's driving that and let's just be curious about it and like huh is that what's best for me? Really? Is that really how I need to be right now? Who is that for? Or who is that serving? Um, yeah. And, and can I even, and for me, the actual, the biggest thing is, can I actually be present with whatever is happening before even deciding what I think that is or isn't? Like, feel it first, mm -hmm. and be, be with it. And, and to me, there was a moment of like being like, it wasn't, I actually had to be with the sadness. I didn't, it wasn't about being with the shoulds 
or the not shoulds, it was like, oh, look what's arising. Like the sadness was kind of like, oh, the, the eye, is that tearing? Or is it just like, you know, are my eyes just watering because I'm outside and it's kind of breathing? No, that's a tear forming. All right, let me be with that. Oh, that's running enough to run down my face, right? Oh, <laughs> that's crying in the woods. Okay. <laughs> can, can I allow myself to do that, right? Can I actually, can I? be <laughs> just allow that without even the figuring out like, oh. <laughs> right and no one's saying anything or doing anything i'm just like i'm all just sitting here quiet and look what's happening oh and then i could notice like oh here's the sadness and i noticed the chatter of the shoulds and i noticed the strength of of where i am and so i think that allowed me to be with the sadness in a different way that i normally wouldn't necessarily have been able to tune into i probably could have tuned into like oh i really hear the shoulds or i can really dismiss them but allowing this other you know experience of that and that it is really heartbreaking right and and we don't allow i mean i'm not gonna talk for anybody else but like i certainly don't allow more often than not just that heartbreak to be present that's hard right it is all, all kinds of joy, all kinds of suffering, right? And to like allow the heartbreak to arise and affect us and not get, yeah. not be worried about like, oh, I'm just gonna, now am I just gonna be crying all the time every day and I'm gonna be a basket case because there's just so much pain in the world? No, but can I be with it when it does arise? And kind of even create conditions that's okay for it to arise, right? Um, I probably would not have let that arise had I been leading something right or you know just on this column and like oh oh there's the tear tighten that up a little bit i'll deal with it later right but that was a moment <laughs> we also have to allow ourselves and build into our lives the possibility of that right? the pause the listening the presence not just Oh, I got to run somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right. I think the pause is the scary part for people because they don't know what to do in it. You know, I, I, you know, in my spiritual direction practice, you know, to sit in silence with someone is unnerving <laughs> until they, until they ease into it and they're like, oh, okay, I get it. But those first few times, it's like, People want to yeah. chat a little bit because they don't know how to be quiet yeah. and still. And they think that I have to fill the space with language, you know, words. And, and you're like, no, no, you, you can hear yourself. When you sit quietly, you can hear yourself, right. you know, but they're not used to that. They're used to every minute of every day with some interaction with something, whether it's music, whether it's people talking to them, whether it's them watching TV, whether, do you know what I mean? Like there's no time for silence. Right, for listening. Yes. And, and what I wanna, you know, it can, be, it can certainly be scary. And, and I think that, you know, a fundamental part of my own practice is that deep listening. Um, and it means having, like there was an anchor there also, right? It wasn't just like, okay, I'm just gonna like pitch myself out into this like void of listening and like 
the feelings are just going to you know overwhelm me but you know there was there was a in the practice and i think that's also important like there's there's a an anchor there's a stabilizing force to allow you to take more risk right to listen to yourself a little bit more to be without filling up the space um to look around and listen really to what's around you to to experience the physical sensations of right listening even physically physiologically what's going on in your body like oh there's this tightness or there's a jitteriness like oh let me can i be present with that right there's almost like allowing the our ourselves to do its thing and can we be aware of that can we be aware of ourselves can we listen to ourselves can we attend to that and it's really important to have something that's an anchor um whether that's sitting with another person right in in the kind of that silent space where you're listening and for me very often like therapy and healing is two people paying attention to one person mm -hmm. to kind of offer that anchor to offer the like i'm going to make sure you're not going to just dissolve or spontaneously combust or you know, <laughs> explode which is what the feelings can it can really seem like <laughs> <laughs> Right. Or like these other techniques. Right. So different spiritual traditions, you know, you're reading something, you're repeating something, um, but it's with the intention on creating this anchor. To then let go a little bit more of not to like read or say a thing um, to distract, but as like, oh, right here, I'm, oh, there's my heart right here's my breath here's. Oh, these trees and this land, which is a lot older than me and has been here. So I can actually lean into that or feeling into my ancestors who are really there for me. And um, what is that practice or, you know, a, a song or, or a chant or, you know, there are different things or some, for some people it's, you know, certain kinds of movement that they can, okay, I'm, I'm in this, I'm running. I have a dear friend of mine who loves to run and like, that's part of also her, meditation and spiritual practice is getting into that and moving that embodied there's this piece around that movement and being embodied that actually sh helps the chatter kind of go away and, and she can be present in a different way oh i like that so it's, it's yeah. finding it's really finding that for yourself yeah I, I i think too that takes some effort too for folks to define you know how they want to be in their in their in their quiet space what that looks like for them like mm -hmm. you you don't have there's no rule book to this i mean there's guides but you get right. to determine there's no should uh, yeah no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you feel like you want to cry in the woods hey there's woods, there's woods. <laughs> there's woods. well and for me i mean this this is this this other piece is you know we as you know black people in this country as african heritage people in this country we come from thousands of years of traditions of connecting to the divine through nature and because of the generations where we were enslaved being connected to nature um, was also connected being connected to pain and so there's and then you have institutions that also kept um, black and brown people um, 
away from being able to access nature. So it becomes this idea of like, well, those are like white spaces and people just going on these hikes or doing this thing or like swimming. And to like find out part of our liberation just as people is to find our way back to ways that our relationships with nature and with these forces is just helpful and good for us um, and can be that place of support. You know, it's like, you know, you, you've talked about going to the ocean, right? So the ocean, the ocean is big and like <laughs> super deep, right? And so like, that's why like, oh, what happens if I can connect with that? And then in that connection, bring up the thing that is like the hot topic that I'm worried about. And what happens? What happens to my perspective and perception experience with that topic, right? It's less, all, you know, it's like the, you put your hand in front of your face, you can't see anything can't see the universe, but like you put your hand way out in front of you and you're like, oh, there's just a little thing that's a part of this whole thing. But we get lost in the hand right in front of our faces and can't see that we're actually in a universe that is so much vaster than us, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we are meaningless, but there's a there's a there's this, you know, we're the center of our lives and the center of the universe and we are really not. <laughs> both of those are true <laughs> <laughs> i like that both so of those are true both of those are true you know so let's let's can we practice that because it's not just a happening um can we do a little bit today right it's like a day at a time can, well can i do a thing today that's connected to my health and well-being to my wholeness to what it even means to be a person can i can i allow curiosity into that expansiveness into that maybe there's a way to be that is different than what i think it is is larger more encompassing or um, more expansive or allows more of myself to 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 be experienced first of all by me and then by the world can i experience more of myself and can i do that a little bit today if i can wonderful mm -hmm. and maybe tomorrow oh and then it's tomorrow okay can I be present with it? Wonderful. And just keep showing up for yourself. Keep showing up for the depth of also what this life can hold. I like that's a good message. That's a good that's a good way. Um, I, I, you know, I wish I wish we could could be talking to young people like this. Like I wish there was like a whole session where young people can sort of sit and have these kinds of conversations. Uh, not just young people. I say young people because I see kids <laughs> struggling with so much, right? Like the weight, just so much. Uh, but but I see older people too. So <laughs> I had I had no shortage of clients from the older people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like us older people got it together and somehow they got to catch the young folks up. But but I think that so I th it's just something for everybody. I mean, that's yeah. the, like if more adults um, were not lost or freer or however you want to frame it, then we raise and create culture and experiences that nourish and nurture our young people, as well as like care for our elders, right? Um, and if just the young people, we're just going to focus on the young people, well, then like we're still creating systems that oppress and, and say no so that's the both and um 
and there's not there isn't one answer it's can we all you know can can you can i can people who are listening when you interact with young people treat them like people like first of all like just try that not like <laughs> you got to i'm the one and you just need to do what i say cuz like you know you don't necessarily treat other other adults like that no i mean some people do but right <laughs> <laughs> that's why adults need we need help and work, you know, and holding and compassion for adults too. You know, like we're there, we're, we don't have this figured out. There's a lot that's in the way. There's a lot that's in the way just by being a person. And then there's a lot that's, you know, these systems, which aren't really about, you know, school systems are not really about learning, really. Right? We've got all these measurements and markers to hit for proof of, something <laughs> but not like how do we encourage learning and the love of like learning and exploration and who are you and how do we help you to grow and unfold to then be a wonderful person and you being a wonderful person will naturally help to create a wonderful culture and a wonderful society that's not the role of education it's not what public education is doing not even what private education is doing it's aiming towards a certain thing. Hmm. Wow. That's pretty uh that's pretty prolific. <laughs> you know, we get we get that you crying in the woods, systems of education, and what are we really doing, right? It's I mean these are, <laughs> but, but but ultimately that's it though, right? Like yeah. that's the ultimate question. What are you really doing? What are we really doing? What are we really doing? What are um, we doing with this precious life that we have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that really is the ultimate question. That's the ultimate question. Because you've been given it, then what are you going to do with it? Yeah. And and what are we going to do? Not just like, what am I going to do in my own precious life? Because I'm interconnected. But that is also connected with like, how do we as communities, what is a this precious community, like this precious time that we have, I'm in relationship with all of these things. So what am I doing in that relationship? You know? What am I helping to grow? And, and I, we get reminders to ask this question all the time. I think that's what death calls us to, yeah. to examine. Like, okay, let me let me remind you. Right. The clock <laughs> is ticking. Yes. So when you hear somebody passing, that you're like, oh, and you and you're. I mean, I, I'm always jolted, particularly when it's people that I know. Like I know, know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I have to be reminded that. You know, this, this is, is not a theory, right? Yeah. <laughs> not like the theory of death. Like, you know, ex existential death, right? Someday this part of myself will end and something new will no, this is you know, <laughs> this who, have, who I've invested so much in, right? This little body, this little being, right, is is not gonna be living. Yeah. That it has an end. Is gonna be like. It has an end as an end you know and uh and i think that is part of sitting in in the pause and like okay i don't know if you could stay in the pause all the time that's that's not what i'm suggesting i'm just mm -hmm. suggesting that you know you take a little inventory you you you, you ask the big question and and you see where you could 
you know, answer it if you can for yourself. I mean, I think, I think that we are in this culture so habituated not to pause and listen, right? It's like healing, right? The, the purpose is like, oh, I just got to keep healing, 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 healing. <laughs> if we got to live, right? But there are things in the way of that, right? And so the pause helps us to like, ooh, there's a, there's a whole different way of being than the way, than the shoulds, right? Than the you better and you gotta, and this is what it's about and get your hustle on and all the things. Oh, maybe there's something else here also. If I don't pause, if I don't listen, if I'm not present, then I can't adjust, mm -hmm. can't move. It's just like, oh, this culture is saying this is what I'm supposed to do is what the norm is, what success means. I guess I gotta, gotta do the thing. And like, well, is that really what I want? Is that, is that good for me? Is that good for me and my family, my loved one, my people, like whoever, like, huh, maybe that's, you know, there was a lot of shoulds we go, right? Jim Crow, slavery, right? We got these systems that like, this is what success means for black people. Hmm, maybe there's more, maybe there's something different, right? Which means an internal piece to allow, but also like bumping up against real external structures, right? Shifting of like, what am I gonna spend my time and my energy on? What am I, yeah. gonna, feed? What am I gonna nourish? What am I gonna listen to? What am I going to question? What am I going to be curious about? Can all that be present while, you know, I got to like bake breakfast? <laughs> Can I be present, right? While I'm doing a thing with the people who are there and not thinking like, well, this is just the, I'm just doing this to get on the way to the real thing. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's pretty powerful to point out. Yeah. You know. Maybe there's some value in the like, oh, here we are now. Right? It's this start of this new year. Talking to each other here. Fabulous Babs. Right. Harry helping to coordinate, listen things, right? This is this is a particular time and a particular moment, being able to do this with, you know, WNHH, you know, the particular things that we can be present with it. Particular people listening, where they're at, what, what is resonating, what's landing, what's not. Yeah, I like that, be here now. Not a famous quote, be here now. <laughs> so hard to do, so hard <laughs> or at to least do. for some, hard to do. No, being present because we all we all are guilty of what you just said. I'm in this thing, but I but the other thing over there is more important. So this is just a pass through. Yeah. I'm doing this now because I got to get over there, but I'm not really present here. Because I need to be more present. I'm going to be present over there when I get over there. Right. Right. Oh. That's important over there. Huh. Yeah. And maybe we can practice. Because if we don't have practice being present, we can't all of a sudden turn it on when we're over there. Yeah. When we get over there, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, here I am. Oh, but what's the next thing? I had to make sure that this is leading to the next thing. Because that, right. I tell you what I used to do. This is what, this is what taught me how to be present. Because <clears throat> I used to get in my car and have to go somewhere. And I'd be so focused on where I had to go 
that I would be in my car trying to get to where I had to go. And I remember sitting at a stop stoplight and saying, I just need to be in this car. I'm in this car. Let me. <laughs> I took a deep breath and I exhaled. I was like, okay, I'm in the car. Like I'm in the car. Because I could get in the car and swear to God, I, I've done this. I've gotten in the car. I can't remember how I got to the place I was going because I was so focused on the going. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And, yeah. I, and I didn't like that feeling. And I would do it with food. I would do it with so many things. Right. And I, I started like, oh, I'm not present for anything. I'm, I'm just going to the next thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, I, I can't remember what I ate last night. I just ate because I needed to eat. I didn't pay attention to what I was eating. Do you know what I mean? Like, so now I'm very, I'm very, I'm very deliberate and intentional about how I pay attention and be present and show up and listen to people and be with people. Right. You know. Because if we're not, all of a sudden we find ourselves, oh, look how much time has just flown by. Yes. Something like. <laughs> big transitions, death, big things happen. There's like, oh, oh, where I missed it. Now, now I got to pay attention. What have I been doing the last whatever years, right? And, and the people in those moments, you don't, you can't be present with because you're moving, right? You're just like, come on, we're going somewhere else. We're on the way, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'm so happy to, uh, start this new year with this. I didn't want the year to go deep into without setting some, you know, foundational things with you. I am so grateful. Thank you so much for your commitment of this time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Oh, well, I appreciate, I appreciate you and um, being able to do this and just to share these thoughts and experiences and, and perspectives and um it's a real it's a real joy and a real gift so thank you thank you and thanks and, uh, for, for listening that, yes he'll be back because he's a regular he's gonna be back so y'all right. right, look out for it thank you harry and uh i'll see you tomorrow right. <laughs> you, Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.